BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We have another fantastic episode for you. We're going to talk teachers, unions, and nurses. Teachers and nurses, two people on the front lines of the culture war for some freaking reason. (laughs) I'm not sure why they've been demonized, criticized, and crucified these past few years, but they have. So we're going to discuss what's going on with teachers in the country and nurses as well. We also have a smattering of political news, of course, continuing our coverage on George Santos, the man who killed JFK. Has he lied about that yet? My God, it was him and Ted Cruz's dad. That's what I heard. What? We'll also discuss what's going on with Joe Biden. They found a couple of documents. Oh, my God. It was hardcore smut. They were in his VP offices outside of Washington, D.C. Many people are saying, see, it's just as bad as what Donald did. Small differences in that Joe Biden's lawyers found the documents and were like, well, we better report this to the National Archives. They didn't exactly hide it. However, politically, (laughs) no matter what, This does muddy the waters for Merrick Garland, and it does make things more difficult Mm -hmm. if he does want to prosecute Donald Trump for taking classified information Mm -hmm. outside of the White House. But before we get to all of those fantastic stories, let's talk about Arkansas. Arkansas. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. (laughs) Oh, my. She's the new governor of Arkansas. And my goodness. First day in office combating poverty. Isn't it unbelievable what she's doing? (laughs) Arkansas, the seventh poorest state in the union. Education is real low. Uh, Average income, exceptionally low. Worse, again, than 43 other states. So So naturally, she's going to take that on head first. (gasps) Record scratch. Never mind. She's very concerned about the term Latin X. Now, her first day in office, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has said, get rid of the term. We're going to get rid of the term Latin X. I don't know why she's so against it. I don't particularly care. Dare I say I'm neutral on the term. And if I am a governor of one of the poorest states in the country that has massive infrastructure that needs improvement, This might not be the first thing on my docket, but Fernando, tell me about this term. I know that you don't particularly use it, but what, what, tell me about it. 
Well, <laughs> in some languages, Ben, there's a difference when you about the gender of the word. So yes. some, there's a masculine and a feminine version of word. So like cack, that's a masculine word. <laughs> Not yes. really. No. But, but you know, uh, you know, effervescent, <laughs> that's a pretty masculine word. Sure. Uh, br- oh. uh, rainbow, that's a, no, just kidding. But you know, <laughs> uh, in, in Spanish, there's hispano and hispana, latino, okay. latina. And, right. you know, that happens in a lot of languages, but we're just going to focus on the Latin X one here. So I guess there's a there's kind of a move towards inclusion, as we've had recently. There's a move towards uh, not not putting gender on languages sure. or not forcing things into a box. I get that. But <sighs> batting it outright, that's just stupid. You're wasting so fucking stupid. time. Also, mm. Latin X sounds like super cool kind of cyborg Latin, uh, yeah. which is like, I'll explode you. Latin X coming through. Watch I, out. I always said Latin Latin. Like, I didn't actually say Latin X. I would. I thought it. Like, I might more, be saying it wrong. No, I don't know. I like it more like you. It sounds like a cool X-Men. Like you said, the question isn't, <laughs> do you use the term? Do you not use the term? Use any term you want, because yeah. we have the First Amendment and exactly. language is fluid and have fun with it. Sarah Huckabee Sanders first day as governor Travis when it comes to this culture war bullshit Mm. as people are suffering in Arkansas you have this ghoul taking (laughs) on the issue of a term that she doesn't like that doesn't even apply to her even if exactly it it doesn't why are you talking about this. Exactly. Well, yeah, why are we talking about this? And that's because Arkansas is about to get crazy, y'all. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, a remnant not just of the Trump administration, mm-hmm. keep in mind she was the voice, the spokesman, spokeswoman, spokes. See, that should be a neutral term. Spokesperson. <laughs> I'm going to go with spokes- that term, too. She is a spokes ghoul. She's a spokes <laughs> ghoul for I the don't Trump care. administration. But don't forget, she's also a remnant of Mike Huckabee's balls. And oh. that is because that's where she came from. Uh, and now she has taken her father's former job as governor of Arkansas. She won with the name recognition. She yes. won with the Trump endorsement. And she won because she is going to be a cultural warrior. And you see this on her very first day in office, ignoring actual policies that could help her state and instead fighting every culture war she can find for the next four years. It's just one of the dumbest things I could think for a governor to do on mm-hmm. their first yes. freaking day. Yeah. Yeah. And again, obviously just targeting a subset of a subset, a subset of a minority group already in Arkansas. Yes. What's the message here? Obviously, there's probably a lot of people that identify as Latinx that did not support her. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they're on college campuses, whatever it might right, be. Right. And maybe this is her petty revenge on people not supporting her nepotism uh, the nepotistic nepot- is nepotistic rise uh, nep- <laughs> nepotistic rise to, uh, is to power. Banned. That's that a pretty masculine word. Yeah, we don't use that anymore. Well, either way, her <laughs> papa filled that seat with his big old tushy a couple of years back, and now she's filling it up as well. The governor's office did not respond whether that included other terms when it comes to the Latino community, uh-huh. such as. When it comes to banning them, of okay, course, right. such as illegal aliens. Oh, no, they're going to keep using that, which makes them sound like they're from Saturn <laughs> <laughs> or illegal immigrants. So you can call a Hispanic person an alien. OK, but you All can't right. say <laughs> you're gender neutral Latinx. That's not allowed. Also, when you ban a word, what does this mean? Does this mean if I go to the middle of fucking 
Arkansas, if I go to their town square and just start screaming the term or Latinx, I'm not quite sure again. (laughs) Am I going to get arrested? Am I getting detained here? Well, specifically, she's banning it for use in government documents, which, again, is just use of red tape, a waste of time, Mm. especially since people within the Latino, I like to say Latino, people within Latino community don't even use it. We don't use a lot of people don't use Latinx. It's a term that. I'm I'm gonna might be a little bit offensive here, but that white people made for us. I white educated. (laughs) It might be more gals. It might be a woman thing. I don't know. Either way, it doesn't even matter when it comes to a term. If you again, you can use any term that you would like to self-describe. Right. That's all good. You have that right. This America and the audacity of this woman to take this on day one. Sending a chilling effect, perhaps, to communities all across Arkansas that their terminology is no longer valid. Of course, what she is doing here is about the LGBT community, right? Yes, because that term exactly. is used uh, often yes. in the LGBT community, uh, you know, gender fluid, uh, people who may not identify as male or female, uh, non-binary, whatever that might be. Again, we respect people's uh, individual values, and that's what we do on this show. Tell me and what you want me to call Tell you. me what you do, and I'm going to do my goddamnedest yeah. uh, in order to uh, fulfill your needs uh, to make you feel as if you're heard and included. It's not that difficult. When it comes to Arkansas, again, there was a bill that was uh, filed on Monday that would classify all drag shows as, quote, adult-oriented businesses oh, yeah, yeah. in the Arkansas Code, which includes adult cabarets, adult theaters, or nude model studios. So Holy why man. does this matter? This is Senate Bill 43. Again, Arkansas has a lot of effing issues. None of them are this. They say that basically if it's a drag show that exhibits gender identity that is different from the performer's gender assigned at birth using clothing, makeup, or other accessories that are traditionally worn by members of and are meant to exaggerate the gender identity of the performer's opposite sex, that is now going to be allocated to a specific area in Arkansas that is also the place to jiggle joints, places that I love to go, and adult (laughs) themed entertainment it is again just another indication of second class citizenship them attempting to Mm -hmm. pass this idea that they're other and i broke uh, there was a a little sizzle that i made back in the day called lawbreaker Mm -hmm. it had new jersey there was a small site a small line in their uh public uh it was uh, their Oh, I forget what the, what the term, whatever, public code of conduct. Right, right. And it said, it's illegal to dress in the clothes of an opposite gender. And I said, well, that's crazy. It's stupid. What about Nirvana? Mm. Kurt Cobain used to wear a dress all the fucking time. Right. What about mm. Trey and Matt? St- what about, uh, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone <laughs> right, right. when they dressed like J-Lo at the goddamn <laughs> the Emmys or the yeah. Oscars or whatever? <laughs> so now this would, uh, again forced drag performances to be done in one specific area. Mm-hmm. It sounds a little bit like putting things into a ghetto, which is not exactly what we want to have a little history repeating when it comes right. to how we treat people 
that some deem icky or gross or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And it's just this culture war that continues. And now we're seeing it play out with legislation. Right. And again, right. Sarah Huckabee Sanders just took over. And the two biggest issues mm-hmm. that her and her uh, that her and her representatives want to pass are drag shows being forced out of brunch places all over Arkansas because <laughs> right. God forbid you got a drag brunch going on. I was drinking my mimosa and I swear to God I saw a pair of balls. <laughs> I can't believe it. I couldn't drink my mimosa anymore. This is something you've talked about repeatedly too, Ben. There is no children going to drag club shows at night. Those no, are adult right. shows at bars. You, If you don't take your kid to a strip club, you're not going to take them to a drag bar show at night. It also is, what about theater? Because, again, this bill, it goes on to define a drag performance as exhibits a gender identity that is different from the performer's gender assigned at birth using clothing, makeup or accessories that are traditionally worn by members of and are meant to exaggerate the gender identity of the performer's opposite sex. What about a play? You know how many Mm. wigs and dresses I wore in high school for plays, Ben? Uh, Not uh, around uh, here, Mr. <laughs> Latina. <laughs> Kids in the hall. So that's illegal now? Exactly. All of it. It's yeah. just this broad stroke. And why? The person that wrote Senate Bill 43 has never seen a goddamn play. These people don't <laughs> right. know even what they're talking about. All they know is that they really wish they could wear lipstick in the in the uh, courthouse <laughs> and in the yeah. state house of Arkansas and because they can't right. nobody can right. i'm sick of tucking my dick between my legs when i walk <laughs> into the when i walk into the state house because they i'm the only one that knows i have a mangina yeah i, I wonder how sarah's going to explain this to her old uh, trump administration buddy rudy giuliani who did a lot of drag on SNL with former President Trump in a video for the Republican National Committee? I mean, again, the culture wars. I mean, she's going to be giving Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott a run for their money. You know, she is a PR person, right? That was yeah. her job at the White House with Trump was taking the headlines, putting things out there to steal headlines and then going on Fox News and explaining it. But now she is governmental authority. So she is going to, again, this is day one, and this is a sign of things to come for the next four years. Her, Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, the cultural warriors, and they're taking big government and now <laughs> applying it to people's personal lives. Absolutely. Also, just again to hammer home, the poverty rate for Arkansas is 17. Oh, my God. Point two percent. Good grief. 17 percent of people living in Arkansas live in poverty. Brutal. Well, at the very least, they won't have to worry about the term Latinx or drag shows uh, anymore. Right, right, right. They're because <laughs> you know that's the forefront of their minds as they're struggling uh, to find food to eat. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
All right. Well, speaking of struggling for money, I want to talk about this New York City story. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about this before. I hate Mm. this. Citizens Mm. turning on citizens. Mm -hmm. The government too lazy to do their job. So they're having us do their job for them. This is a news story. It's coming from a local New York team. It's it's a uh, channel four. It's the I team. Ooh, <laughs> love the I team. There's no I in team. Unless, of course, you say I. I dash team. team. The I team. <laughs> then it's the I team. So I want to play this. And this just pisses me off because mm-hmm. the people that are interviewed in this story, they don't have jobs. This is what they do all day. <laughs> They're all just white privileged probably liberal in this case yeah douchebags mm-hmm. who think that they're i don't even know, they're not doing this for any moral good mm-hmm. they're literally just doing this for money i hate snitch city they try to turn us to, against one another so mm-hmm. that then we fight with one another right right and of course they continue to make off with the bag you know there's that great analogy where it's like if you take two things that two two groups of fire ants uh, they just chill out and then you shake them up and then all of a sudden they're real pissed and they're right. fighting uh, who's the hand that's shaking the jar? In this case, it's the Adams administration on the heels of the de Blasio administration, uh, the Adams administration and the heels of the de Blasio administration. Um, Bill de Blasio signed this no idling law, which, again, is all of the pollution. Eighty percent of the pollution yes. that comes from New York City is the buildings. Yes. And yeah. they're not doing anything about that. <laughs> Instead, they're just crucifying the people who are trying to live in one of the most difficult cities to live in. And everyone will be like, where is my Crispix? Well, motherfucker, if you don't have them deliver it, yes. you don't get it at your local store. This is not people <laughs> trying to live. These are truckers, just literally the lifeblood of this country. Yes. How Target mm-hmm. fills the toilet paper aisle, like, is these truckers. No, so, it's just mm-hmm. magic. You see, every time I walk into my local uh, Walgreens or my Dwayne Reed, it's magically there. Oh. No, it's not. There's a person making minimum wage that delivered all of that. Let's play this report, and then we can talk about it. Now, with a way to make some easy money, get some video of a trucker idling in New York City. There are hefty Mm. fines for dirtying the air, and so-called idle warriors get a share. An idling engine sounds to certain New Yorkers like payday. I really wasn't even thinking about the money that I was making. That's Donald Blair. He went after idling trucks and buses in Brooklyn and got paid. $55,000. Another $70,000 on the way from the city's haul of $2.3 million in idling fines. Quarter of that, more than $700,000, goes to citizens. If you want to change someone's behavior... The best way to do it is to hit them in the pocket. Hitting Thank them you, through the jackass. rules of a 2019 city law called the Citizens Air Complaint Program. Here's how it works. Find a commercial vehicle that's idling, record video for three minutes in most what neighborhoods, or one minute in a school zone, then upload it to the city's Department of Environmental Protection. It's the nothing vehicle to do with owner that. can be fined $350 or more. The citizen calling it in gets eighty-seven fifty oh, or God. one quarter of each fine. What's the rationale wow. for you, the citizen, getting some of that money? It's work. George Packenham is another watchdog in the group, calling themselves the Idle Warriors. About 60 New Yorkers involved. Packenham netted 40,000 bucks so far. Uh, Get a fucking job. These, again, this is trucker. My father was a trucker. Mm -hmm. Without truckers, you don't have anything. You're right. 
What do you think they're doing there? Also in New York, there's no place to park right. because they have the side, they have the uh, side parking for the cars. Mm-hmm. Then you have your bike lane. Some mm. need a bike lane. Some areas do not. They went way crazy on those. And then now, especially because they have the kiosks or the extended restaurants and bars oh. on the streets as well. There's no place to right. park and deliver the kegs of beer that take more than three minutes to get into my favorite bar, Skinny Dennis in Williamsburg, <laughs> Brooklyn. I hate this. I think it's a horrible message for Americans. And Mm -hmm. to me, this is just get a job. The people that they showed just don't have anything to do with their lives. They're all old. And again, (laughs) this is where it's like people would be like, honestly, they just they do seem like liberal assholes. That's (laughs) what they seem like under the guise of environmental protection. And again, New York. It's not the idling trucks that's causing the pollution. My understanding is I'm also uh, involved with a trucker too, Ben, is that they pay uh, when they get fined. They This comes out of their paycheck. Yes, it because does. They're, they're the ones that parked. You know, it's not the company's fault. Yeah, it's not the truck's fault. So we're literally $2 million have been taken from workers from in workers. New York. Yeah. Yeah, and I guarantee yeah. you, all those people have interviewed would be like, I love Elizabeth Warren. I think she stands up for the work. No, they don't give a shit. Right. And look, I, I remember when I lived in New York, I moved furniture for about two years for extra yes. cash with a bunch of com- comedians, Eddie Haynes, some big names in there moving the furniture of New York Absolutely. when it comes to comedians trying to do a side hustle. And I do remember that, you know, even if we didn't leave the truck on, you're a mover. And you got to pull up to the building to get all the furniture out into a building. Well, you know, and sometimes it takes an hour, depending on how much stuff you have. And of I remember course. Andy Haynes in particular, we didn't leave the engine on, but the rules are you got to have someone sitting in the driver's seat so you don't get a ticket for double parking sometimes. Right. And then even then that would come out of the paycheck. And if you're a mover, that's pretty much your paycheck for the day. Yeah. Yes. So absolutely. it's absolutely brutal what they're doing. And I remember uh, Fernando talking before the show. We also have the, the the reporting of people who are parked in bike lanes. So if you're mm-hmm. a trucker idling in a bike lane, this is just double, double trouble. Double, <laughs> double trouble. points. I mean, you're just cashing in again on people trying to make a living. And I know when it comes to bike lanes, I know a lot of people that were bikers in New York and they did not like them either because they got fined if they weren't in them. So oh it's a double God. and it, <laughs> New York City again. There's so much money. There's mm-hmm. a billionaire class in New York City. There's so much cash. But yet again, much like as we talked about with the IRS on the last episode, bilking and milking the uh, people right. of lower income as opposed to taking it from people that can afford it like Nike. Right. They are just going after the working class once again under the guise of environmental protection. And again, it's all the buildings. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. everything else. It's the motorcade that Eric Adams drunk ass drives around in. Please. My God. That's right. Eric Adams, who, who parked his car on a sidewalk outside of his building. And a man, a man who seems to be anywhere, but New York city. Who who do you think is paying for this air travel? Right. Right. Uh, And and of course that all pollutes everything too. And don't forget also it was New York, the whole Karen law, the Karen's law, the woman who called in Mm -hmm. to the police because she saw an African-American man who was basically bird watching. I mean, literally, yeah, I mean, so now it's like we're kind of going backwards again, where it's like you're just going to encourage more Karens now and guess who they're probably going to call in the police on and report more frequently than others. Well, who do you think are truck drivers? Right. Mm-hmm. Just, just people. 
you know, people. Yes. Yeah. And many times, you know, folks, immigrants like my dad, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily the most. I don't think driving a truck in New York City is the most sought after trucking position. Right. I think it's a fucking nightmare. It's the, the oh, job it's you got. Almost impossible. Yeah. Getting to do. one of those big trucks through those tiny little cities, it's already hard enough. It really is rock, rock hard. He's mm. doing it on purpose. It's what you said. Then they're dividing us. You know, we're, mm. we're just class versus class, neighbor versus neighbor. And Eric mm. Adams gets to reap the benefits because mm. I'm fixing the, the, the fixing New York. He hasn't know? done anything to fix New York again. Uh, my uh, the state that I love and a city that I love and I spent 50, 15 fantastic years in. It breaks my heart to see where it's at right now. But again, people got us into this mess, and it's just going to take some proper leadership to get us out. Eric Adams, mm. of course, is not providing that whatsoever. It's not just truckers that are suffering in New York City. It's also nurses. Yeah. So exhausted and burnt out. That's what New York City nurses say that they are, and I believe them. 7,000 New York City nurses are about to walk out. More than 7,000 nurses at two major New York City hospitals walked off the job Monday, arguing immense staffing shortages and causing widespread burnout and hindering their ability to give proper care. Again, when it comes to New York City teachers, uh, or I'm sorry, nurses on average make about 100 grand. That's that's your median salary, right? So you start, you got 66, and maybe when you retire, you're making about 150, right? right? So let's just say you're making 100 grand. In New York City, that's the equivalent of making 30 grand in Iowa. It's well, not yeah. enough to live. Because of rent and, and... Rent, food, cost of living in general when it comes to having a car. You have to pay for parking or Ugh. you get your fine. Right. It's just a pain in the ass, Not to mention, again, the amount of people that live in New York City on any given time. Let's just say 9 million. So you have 7,000 nurses attempting to treat uh, 9 million New Yorkers at any given time. And this is why nurses still coming from this is still the whiplash or the uh, this is the foam on the COVID wave. The remnants. This is the remnants of what happened with COVID. These nurses have never had a break. Right. From, you know, March of 2020 to now, it's just been breakneck. They're essential workers. Oh, does that mean I'm going to get paid more and have more vacation? No. You're going to get paid less and work more. But we're going to cling pats, pots and pans together at 7 p.m. <laughs> so you know that we know that you worked all day as I jerked off. <laughs> the nurses are working long hours in unsafe conditions without enough pay. This is a refrain echoed by several nurses as strikes appear to be occurring across the country. Uh, the union representing the nurses said an offer of 19% pay hikes isn't enough to solve staffing shortages. Um, this is according uh, to the New York State Nurses Association. This is a statement that they came out with this past Monday. They said, after bargaining late into the night at the Montefiore and Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai, Sinai, (laughs) thank you, hospital yesterday, no tentative agreements were reached. Today, more than 7,000 nurses at two hospitals are on strike for fair contracts that improve patient care. This, again, isn't just about the nurses. If I am going to the hospital because I got 
something stuck in my God knows what. <laughs> I want the nurses to have enough money and time to care for me. Right. The the thing that trickles down here is poor patient care. Yes. Not mm. necessarily because the nurses don't care. It's because they can't. Right. They have 30 other people to get to mm -hmm. and they can't go with, you know, you got a micro machine stuck up your asshole because you were playing, you know, <laughs> race car with your boyfriend or whatever. <laughs> and ne next thing you know, you're in there suffering. I just read a story of a woman who was in uh, the waiting room who ended up dying. Yeah. She was there for seven hours. Yeah. Oh, she ended no. up dying in the waiting room of a hospital. Ugh. This is America. Mm -hmm. This is the wealthiest country on earth. And it's pathetic how horrible our healthcare system is being run. So hundreds of nurses and supporters were out on the picket line of Mount Sinai earlier this Monday. They filled two full city blocks with the number of pickets continuing to grow throughout the morning. Uh, picketers chanted, safe staffing saves lives. According to Warren Urquhart, a transplant nurse at Mount Sinai, transplant, Ugh. They say we've been fighting for working under safer conditions. They go on. We do the best we can every day. There's something wrong inside the hospital. That's why we're outside the hospital. Mm -hmm. So these people are transplanting hearts, livers, whatever it might be. Wow. Jack and balls. Mm. <laughs> whatever it might be to a person. And they're under they're overworked, underpaid and understaffed. Please be happy when you're giving me my new heart. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. That's not a job that anyone can afford to screw up. I mean, no, this this does spell so much in, in what's happening in healthcare in America. Obviously, you do have a lot of hospitals and administrators who do take way more than their share. Right. Compared to the nurses and the people who are doing the, the work. bureaucrats. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. On the ground. Um, but it also obviously speaks to just the dysfunctionality of the entire healthcare system and our insurance system and so on and so forth, because we also know how many billions and billions of dollars uh, the people who make the medicines, the Pfizer's, mm -hmm. uh, the people who make all the uh, hospital equipment. Lord knows they're getting a lot of their fair share or more than their fair share as well. Hell so yeah, it, they are. It's a I shame. mean, why, why can't, if we're going to, let's say, okay, let's, it, would it be better if like, if it's Merck hospital? Okay. What if they, if we gave like, we're like, all right, Merck advertise all you want in our hospital, start paying some bills. Hmm. Well, okay. Well, something that is happening here is also, I don't know if you know about this, traveling nurses. Have you guys heard about this this term, traveling nurses? So mm -hmm. basically, because of understaffing in hospitals, yeah. this whole new class, uh, this whole new job class has been creating of traveling nurses. Like a folk band? Kind of. So it's a very lucrative industry where basically you pay a nurse well above uh, the range of where she's going. So say yeah. you can pay a nurse double, but you send her to New York and make her work. And then you send her or them, whatever they are, yeah. you send them to California or Arkansas, wherever they need more nurses for a really large amount of money. So what this does, though, is it draws away nurses who would technically stay in a location. So say instead of the nurses staying in New York or staying in Arkansas, staying in California, they go with this company that puts them wherever the company sees the more the well, benefit. there's money in healthcare, and those people deserve money as well. So I don't think that it's about splitting the difference between some people making a little bit more money. It's not about taking money for out of other nurses' pockets and giving it to other nurses. 
because these they're it's a as Travis said, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. That's exactly what I'm saying. So the money though, that money's being made is by the corporations that operate right. these traveling nurses. Specifically. And again, operate completely and utterly tax-free. Exactly. Do- Doreen Shulan. She is uh, part of the neurology department. These are like big jobs. Yeah, like when I was growing up, it was like neurology. That's a lot of big That's work. That's my brain. That's my brain. Oh, my God. <laughs> she says, quote, we're burned out. We're exhausted the next day. She said, she said the ratio has gone from one nurse for every four patients to one for every six, Oof. which is a safety problem. Both hospitals criticized the union for going on strike rather than accept the offers they described as similar to those the union accepted over the past 10 days. This is according to Lucia Lee, a spokesperson for Mount Sinai. They say NYSNA leadership, of course, that's the nursing union, walked out on negotiations shortly after 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, refusing to accept the exact same 19.1 increase in wage offer agreed to by eight other hospitals, including two other Mount Sinai Health System campuses, and disregarding the governor's solution to avoid a strike. So apparently that's not going to be good enough, and they're going to have to come back to the drawing board because, again, the people that are dying are the citizens of New York and uh, nurses. They need a break. There was no B squad. There's no B team that the coach, you right. know, called a timeout and put in. There's right. no second string. These are the same nurses who have been on the front lines of this bullshit for the past three years. Mm. And it's not like, you know, again, the sports analogy, there's no off season. Mm-hmm. So they've just been going, 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 going. And right. yeah, I imagine that they're pretty freaking stressed out. These are transplants. And neuroscience and, and neurologists that are stressed out. And again, those two positions, I would like for them to be a little bit more relaxed. Right. And, and also it's indicative of the other workers' rights struggles we're seeing around the country. I mean, good for them for unionizing and striking and showing their force in numbers, right? Whether it's Starbucks or Amazon or nurses or teachers. I mean, this is something that's happening more and more. So I hope, you know, I, I hope obviously the the care doesn't suffer too much while these nurses are on strike, but good for them for sticking together. And hopefully they get a deal that they deserve because that is, as we've talked about it on this show, unionizing is becoming more and more popular for a reason. And yep. it's because workers on the ground are getting more and more burnt out. They're overworked. They're underpaid and this is yet another example whether you're a nurse or a trucker or yep. freaking making candles at a warehouse in kentucky you or know making making postcards in florida during exactly. a storm it's as it's we covered as well all over uh, the country also naturally what do we see when we see nurses on strike we see the nurses right and so it's human nature to be like yeah can you please just get back to work come on guys you're causing a headache it's the people that are the problem that are hiding in their, you know, in their penthouses yes. who are really the cause of this. But we don't see them. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a, a face to be like, fuck you, dude. All you do is see the nurses. So you both have to. They're the ones getting screwed. And then there's, they're also the ones getting scrutinized. Let according me, to go on. Well, let me add. Let me add to what the fact you just made. It is those corporations right now. Do you guys know what's happening with Moderna? 
they're considering charging almost $130 for the COVID vaccine wow. that it cost only $1.28 for them to make. Wow. And remember, the the public paid for this research. Yes. Yeah. We mm-hmm. paid, two, was it $2 billion? Two point five. taxpayer money. Helps. Yes. So again, hmm. so Moderna is making ranking in billions, but the wow. nurses who administer their care don't have money? Sounds like socialism. Mm. <laughs> According to the nursing union president, Nancy Hagens, she says, we need management to come to the table and provide better staffing. She goes on, going into the hospital get, to get the care you need is not crossing our strike line. Patients should seek hospital care immediately if they need it. We would rather be ones providing that care, but our bosses right. have pushed us to be out here instead. Um. This is according to Judy Gonzalez, who she's been working at this uh, hospital for 40 years. She says, I don't feel like I'm doing a service to my patients. I have patients who grab my shirt and I can't help them because I have to go do something else. So the emotional toll as well. And they're like, I'm sorry, I got to go take care of patient number five. Mm. And they're like, please stay. I'm not dying here. And they're like, you can't. <laughs> you can't, right. It's heartbreaking. Can you imagine that? I mean, our job, if I do something wrong on my job, it's just like a, do- a joke doesn't go very well and people move on. We get some DMs. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, I get a couple yeah. of DMs. <laughs> I can't believe you're singing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine, though, isn't it? Right. Nobody We're not going to die of terminal yeah, cancer. Exactly. I just right. can't imagine having a job where someone's like, please <laughs> stay. And they're right. like, I'm sorry, I've got to go. Because the nurse, if you get into nursing, believe it or not, I don't think you're a cold-hearted fucking asshole. Right. It's right. not exactly, right. like, well, sometimes <laughs> you can't be a serial killer right. like Harold Shipman or that one chick in the UK, but that's very rare. <laughs> Most of the time right. you did it for the health care, not yes. for the health and damage. you want to help people. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, indeed. But of course, uh, there are people that are going against this. Such as Governor Hochul. Oh, really? Yes. Kathy Hochul, again, uh, just a total fucking shell of a human being. She says, we will not give up on our fight to ensure that our patients have enough nurses at the bedside. Again, blaming the nurses for the patients not getting care, even though if the nurses do give care, they're not thanked at all anyway. (laughs) Right. She goes on to say the NYSNA, again, that's the union, continues with its reckless behavior. The governor's proposal would have provided a path to avoid a strike. Our first priority is the safety of our patients. We're prepared Mm. to minimize disruption, and we encourage Mount Sinai nurses to continue providing the world-class care that they're known for in spite of the NYSNA strike. Take care of the nurses. Hire other nurses. And, of course, it might be easier to hire nurses if you promise them, again, a living wage. Let's move on to another key industry in order to have a society. Teachers. Mm. So teachers right now, the average income for a teacher is $62,000. If you live in a major city like New York or Los Angeles, good luck. You are technically in poverty. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Teachers are currently struggling and figuring out what to do when it comes to going on strike. How do we take care of children and how do we take care of ourselves? Meanwhile, in Florida, Governor DeSantis continues to make things more difficult. He has the Stop Woke Act, which basically dictates to teachers what they can and cannot teach. This is the whole point of education. Some teachers are going to teach you one thing. Then you go to the next classroom and you hear a different piece of information. And then it's up to you and your brain to cobble it together. And that's called thinking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Republican governor in late December requested that state colleges submit spending data and other information on programs related to, quote, diversity, equity and inclusion and critical race theory, (laughs) which examines systemic racism. So he's going not just after high schools, middle schools, elementary schools. He's also going after colleges and making sure that they don't mention some of the historical problems within our system. Why? Right. What's he so afraid of? (laughs) Right, right. It's ridiculous. According to Jerry Edwards of the ACLU, again, ACLU, I wish it would get back on its path. In this case, they are correct, but I think they have become a little bit too politicized. That's just my opinion. Uh, He says this is just another step towards enforcing the unconstitutional law and is clearly intended to continue to chill the speech of instructors and students in Florida. We cannot allow these threats against free speech to continue. And again, he is correct. It is the teacher's classroom. It is not Governor DeSantis's classroom. If he cared so much about what was happening in classrooms, he would have become a teacher. Mm. So what do you guys think? Again, as Florida, I mean, economically, it could be doing better. I I have heard good. Resp- Apparently, DeSantis did handle the storms fairly well. Good. Just what I heard on the ground when I was in Fort Lauderdale, I was like, what's something good about DeSantis? They're like, he handled the storms. OK, okay Apparently, there was great. some preparedness and things like that. Yeah. Travis, you want to push well, back on that? Well, just in terms of the storms, he did have to go groveling to President Biden for mm. federal relief funds. That's what happens. Socialism. That's what, that's what. Yeah, exactly. That's what those exist for is to help states that get hurt by natural disasters and uh, Ron DeSantis kind of had to swallow his words a little bit. There's that picture of Joe Biden talking to a Florida couple and Ron DeSantis walking by in the background a little dejected. So it, <laughs> just be, feel free to inform your f- fellow Floridians, Ben, when you go to visit that President Biden helped and did his part, too. All right. Fantastic. Thank you for the advice. So right <laughs> now in Florida, they have 9000 plus staff and teacher vacancies. Oh, wow. So they need teachers desperately. And things like the Stop Woke Act 
isn't going to help bring people who want to educate our children into the room. Exactly. So this is in Jacksonville, Florida. Industry experts say the problem is pretty simple. Nobody wants to be a teacher anymore. Uh, You got 62 grand a year to be in the crosshairs of a culture war that's full of bullshit and horseshit trying to divide us and separate us again as people make off with the bag. So a regional director for of Teach for America said the solution is simple. Take steps to making teaching an attractive career once again. Mm -hmm. It says the shortage is so wide ranging that more than 450,000 Florida students may have started last year without a full-time certified teacher in the classroom. So now a lot of people are saying, well, what are we going to do about that? Well, interestingly enough, when it comes to filling those positions, Florida wants to use members of the military. So, wow. Florida wants to use military veterans in Florida to teach schools. Now, I say that would be absolutely fine. However, they want to be able to teach without certification. So, mm. basically, you have a but and again, <laughs> military people, I could see that skill set transferring great to being an educator. Okay. You know, they're very okay. disciplined. Yes. They they a to B, they get some stuff, right? right, right. And I ain't messing with Mr. <laughs> Robel. He's killed a bunch of people, right? <laughs> right. But without certification. Right. What about like even like if you don't send a person into war without training, exactly. should they at least have a year or something the state could pay for it where it's like this is how you train people? Because again, if you're a drill sergeant uh, and you're trying to get the best out of your soldier, it might be a little bit more of an aggressive training than if you're trying to get a seven-year-old to be able to read Dr. Seuss. And is the training isn't only just training, it's vetting. You know, in the True. military, that four years, they're making sure you're not going to go crazy on all your on the on the rest of the crew. It's same with the teacher. You're making sure you're not going to, you know, you know how Homer used to always choke Bart, strangling? Yeah. You're not going to start <laughs> strangling funny. those kids. You know? That was funny. So new legislation <laughs> clears the path for military veterans to teach in Florida classrooms, even if they have not completed a bachelor's degree. A move that's intended mm. not only to help veterans, but also alleviate a shortage in teachers. Mm. I don't... <laughs> You know, man, okay, I guess if we have a militarized education system with all of the shootings that occur and Parkland, Florida, I mean, all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have metal detectors as if you're going through the goddamn airport just to go learn math. I guess we're now in kindergarten cop meets the substitute. Right. (laughs) Now we have military trained teachers who are there. They're going to be great in a gun battle, but are they going to be able to teach Huckleberry Finn? I don't think they teach Huckleberry Finn anymore. Whatever the hell the kids are learning and reading, whatever the new books are that are out right now. Is this the answer? No. Uh, The observation, if you remember, there was a book that came out in the 90s, 80s. Starship Troopers. There was also a movie. I've talked about. I love Starship Troopers. In Starship Troopers, all of the teachers were military personnel. And that um, I forgot who talks about this, but that's one of the steps towards full fascism. Ben, you basically you indoctrinate the citizens from the very beginning to have a military mindset. Don't Mm. you think, Travis? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can see our government policies going this way. Right. I mean, just take that Florida, all these stories we've just talked about as an example. You're making it harder to get qualified people, kind of like the nurses, people going to nursing to help people, people going to teaching because they want to teach kids. They want to teach people. And if you're making it harder and harder, again, nurses didn't even have to deal with the all the cultural wars of the last few years. They obviously dealt with COVID, but teachers had to deal with COVID and all the changes that that brought. 
And then they also have all these cultural wars that PTO parents would literally go and yell about mask mandates and about books that they want to get banned. We actually have book bannings and book burnings happening all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so you're making it harder policy-wise for people to become good public teachers. Uh, 9,000 shortages in Florida. I believe the article highlighted also 300,000 shortages for teachers nationwide. And yeah. Florida is one of the leading states with 9,000 vacancies. So then you see the policy shift to say, okay, we're militarizing the schools. We're making our schools a war zone. And you're putting veterans in there now, making it easier for them to teach. And it just it's from top to bottom. I mean, $858 billion defense budget, military budget that just mm. got approved by Republicans and Democrats. What what would happen if we put a fraction of that into teaching and nursing? My God. Yeah. And I'm not against veterans teaching. No. The thing is, I just want certified teachers, veteran yes. or not. That yes. is my, also, and they should want to be teaching, obviously. When it comes to veterans, it's kind of a loose term here. All they need is 48 months of military service with an honorable or medical discharge. 48 months. I'm not really good at math. It's a couple of years, right? Yeah. Yep. At least 60 college credits with a 2.5 GPA. Passing a passing score on Florida's subject area exam for bachelor level subjects and, quote, a job in a Florida school district, including a charter school. Um, other states offer financial institutions for veterans who become teachers. And again, this is not about veterans becoming teachers. This is about the Band-Aid that Governor DeSantis is trying to put on the education system that's hemorrhaging blood mm-hmm. in Florida. This because is of not his own the, because, but it's mm-hmm. also because he doesn't want to pay again teachers mm-hmm. averaging sixty-two k a year. It's just not enough. Inflation, um, the cost of living. Florida is not a cheap freaking state, dude. Again, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Miami, I think, is almost as expensive as New York it's or Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And and don't forget, these are unsubsidized. Whenever we talk, we you and Henry talk about this a lot, Ben. We have to the teachers have to buy their own school supplies. Yes. They have to right. buy pencils and folders for kids. Comes and these are their pocket. These are likely poor kids. So this is kids that are underfunded, teachers that are underfunded in an underfunded school system. What is going to happen to our country if if this continues? And of course, when it comes to the Department of Education, apparently they're all on board with this. The Florida, this is according to them. They say the Florida Department of Education is proud to provide opportunities for members of the United States Armed Forces, veterans and their spouses to become part of our team working hand in hand to improve Florida's education system for students of all backgrounds and abilities. Uh, it has the highest population of off of active duty personnel and reserve members in the military. And there's about 1.5 million veterans that make Florida home. They go on the Florida Department of Education commits to recruitment of military personnel, veterans and their spouses to continue their service by teaching and leading in Florida schools. Again, I don't mind if veterans teach. They just need to be certified. And also we need to have teachers that maybe haven't seen the bloodshed of war. Um, Because, again, we're talking about kindergartners through high school. Mm-hmm. According to Carmen Ward, president of the Alcachua County Teachers Union, they say uh, there are, th- she's a critic, or they're a critic rather. There are many people who have gone through many hoops and hurdles to obtain proper teaching certificates. They go on, she goes on. Educators are very dismayed that now someone with just a high school education can pass the test 
and can easily get a five-year temporary certificate. So a person with a high school education is going to be teaching high school, which seems to be moot, Mm, which seems to be like everyone's dumb. (laughs) Right. Not that they're dumb, (laughs) but it's, I mean, if if I'm teaching high school, I would like that person to have a master's so that they have two two degrees above high school so then they can look at high school and be like, you know, it can't be a one-to-one. They have to be slightly smarter. Yeah, they have to be able to answer the questions about the process to come, Ben. You know, they have to be... process to come. You know, they have to be able to to (laughs) anticipate. Well, number one, you're going to want to get your lube. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So that's just a couple of things going on. According to Alchua County School Board member Tina Certain, they say, it's not that I'm against the service that veterans provide to our country. I just think that to the education profession, we're lowering the bar on that and minimizing the criteria of what it takes to enter the profession. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. Everyone is just concerned that it's going to end up hurting students. And again, you wonder, is it better to keep us dumb, keep us hungry and keep us struggling so that then they can continue to run away with mm. all that sweet money. Um, all right. Well, just lastly, we have so much more, but we we got to end it here a little bit. Uh, we, we have a bunch to talk about next week then. Let's talk about next week. Let's discuss what's going on with Joe Biden, mm-hmm. Donald Trump. So uh, Joe Biden, they found some, uh, some old VP documents. What? Classified uh, documents. Classified <laughs> documents. Where was this at? Was this in North Carolina? One VP? of his residencies in, uh, I believe, Delaware, probably. In his garage. In yeah. his garage. Okay. So <laughs> one of the differences here, again, Screw them all. Don't take classified documents. That's an idiotic mistake, right? One of the differences is between this and Mar-a-Lago is uh, notice the government didn't have to raid. Right. Because uh, (laughs) Joe Biden's lawyers were like, ah, we found these. Here you go back here. You go to the National (laughs) Archive. So that's a small difference. Right. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Donald Trump hoarding the classified information, he was also showing it to people that would show up at Mar-a-Lago and be like, these are the new codes. Isn't that kind of cool? Isn't that kind of cool? And then it would just be perhaps a spy. Who knows right, that he right. was showing those things, what he was, who he was showing those documents to. They were scattered all about and the abundance of documents compared mm-hmm. uh, to the amount of documents found for Joe Biden. Slightly different. Politically, I understand if you're Merrick Garland, he woke up and he was like, could have done without that. Going to make yeah. things more <laughs> difficult. And who knows what happens with the prosecution if that ever does come to fruition for Donald Trump. When it comes to hoarding the classified information, so we'll uh, we'll see how that story kind of yeah, continues. Um, when it comes to speaking of which, Donald Trump supporters baked Alaska. Uh, he has been sentenced to sixty days in jail, mm. and indeed, I'm sure he'll be a nice treat for the people there. <laughs> mm, yum yum yum. And just uh, lastly, when it comes to George Santos, um, <laughs> there's a lot of people that are saying he might be in some legal trouble because his lies are just so insane. And some of them may have actually been illegal. Santos, again, the very new freshman congressman, was found to have lied about all aspects of his life. Uh, They're not typically legal matters, but he did say that uh, he reported no assets and he said he had a $55,000 salary on disclosure. However... 2022 says he had uh, $705,000 in his campaign, and that is a mystery when it comes to how he got <laughs> right. it. Well, so as we know, when it comes to uh, getting somebody uh, 
in the crosshairs by the by the old uh, by the by the uh, curly hairs between the legs. Money, 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 money. His mother didn't survive the Holocaust and 9-11 for you to talk about him like that. I am sorry. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, his so. dad didn't kill JFK just for you to say these egregious things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the Santos story continues, which which is actually interesting because, as we discussed with Kevin McCarthy, uh, he's hanging on by a thread. The Republicans are hanging on by a thread yes. in the House. And this was one of the seats that was flipped, uh, mm-hmm. that was previously Democrat, that Santos flipped. So it's actually a very significant yes. seat there in Long Island for uh, for the Republican Party as a whole. And obviously, if Santos is you know, rejected, if there is uh, a um, an election, if there is some kind of recall, it could it flip the house if it, if Santos is removed and it's a Democrat. It wouldn't flip the house, but it would certainly make things more the power difficult. dynamic. Yes, because obviously. again, they have two thousand. They have two hundred and twelve uh, votes, Versus, but that it would of yeah. course be two two hundred and thirteen if they're able to get that um, back. Which again would just limit what was so, supposed to be the red wave. Right. It would make that wave even smaller. So. Mm. All right. Well, that's more to talk about next week. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing all right out there. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.